The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, welcome to I've Never Said This Before with me, Tommy D'Addario. Today's guest is the brilliant Emmy-nominated actress and singer-songwriter McKenna Grace. You may know McKenna from playing a younger version of Brie Larson's Carol Danvers in Captain Marvel, or maybe you saw her playing the preteen version of Kiernan Shipka's Sabrina in Netflix's Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, or maybe even as a young Tanya Harding in I, Tanya, which is personally one of my favorite movies. So good. But get this. In 2021, McKenna became one of the youngest ever actors in history to receive an Emmy nomination, recognizing her work as a rebellious child bride in The Handmaid's Tale. And all of this was accomplished before she turned 17. Yeah, she is a total rock star. All right, get your cozy sweaters, your scarves, a big cup of hot tea, light your pumpkin spice candle, or okay, maybe 20 of them like me, because her brand new five song EP called Autumn Leaves is out now, and we are diving in. McKenna is vulnerable and open and really raw with her lyrics, and we get to see a different side to her, a side that I, for one, I just, I found so very relatable. She writes from her heart and uh, it is on full display. And she leaves you wanting more, like 20 songs more, (laughs) because it is that good. So let's see if today we can get McKenna to say something that she's never said before. McKenna Grace, it is so nice to see you. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? I am so good. I'm really good because you put me in all the fall vibes with your new EP. (laughs) Thank you. I'm trying. (laughs) Oh my God. It is so good. It's such a perfect time of year for you to come out with this. Of course, it's called Autumn Leaves. It's a five song EP for everybody listening out now. It's ethereal, yet it's powerful. It's stripped down yet it's cinematic the instrumentals are just incredible so describe the overall feeling and vibe of autumn leaves for me 
Um, well, I don't know. I just really wanted to make it. And thank you. That's such like a nice description. Um, I don't know. I just really wanted it to feel very, I feel like I'm moving into, a, I'm, well, I'm not, I don't feel like I know I am moving into a different space with my music versus kind of the pop punk, um, EP that I first came out with. Um, and I think that I'm just wanting to kind of represent not anymore because I, I I did write this a little bit of time ago, but where I was at a per, as a person at the time, and I want to move into feeling cinematic and flowy. And my producer Cody uh, will always get live strings on it, and I think that it's so beautiful and open. And I just I want everything to feel really cinematic and um, like a story and like something that you know, I want it to make sense from start to finish the EP, the story and all of the words and lyrics that I'm singing. Uh, so I don't know, I wanted it to feel really fall and heartbreak. Yeah, well, it certainly does. So how would you describe what you were going through in your life personally when you wrote these songs? Because it is a very, very personal look into who you are and, and what you've gone through. It definitely is. I mean, I wrote this um, about my first like actual heartbreak, you know, it was the first time I ever felt like I was in love. And now looking back, I'm like, oh, gosh, it was it was pretty silly. And I, I, I don't know, I'm the kind of person that holds on to things for a long time. And I think that I wrote this and a lot of other music I have <laughs> hopefully coming out at some point, just kind of in a place where I didn't get closure on the situation and I just felt like so sad and alone and heartbroken for way too long. <laughs> and so I don't know, I just happened to channel it all into music. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, heartbreak is definitely the major theme throughout these these songs. But I would actually argue you walk away with a positive message after listening. Is that something mm -hmm. that you think as well? A little bit. My main thing was I feel like I got all of my like little angry or biting songs out of my system whenever I released my last EP and I just felt really sad and I felt like I I didn't have really not that I ever want to say anything bad about anyone but anything like bad to say about this person I was just like I'm just sad and I can't say anything to you because you aren't responding so I just feel like I should put everything I feel into this music you know I, I and it's not it's negative emotions, but not negative exactly towards you. It's just like, here's what you'll never say. Here's how I'm feeling. And I know I have to let go of it. And it took me a while after writing all of these songs to get that last song of like, I know that I have to let go. All of this happened last fall and only kind of later into the summer did I finally feel like, okay, I like really have got to let go of this. It's silly and I've just and so I finally did and it's just like it's nice to have that on there as you know might not have closure on everything but I can give myself my own like peace of mind and closure and like you know what life goes on yeah and giving yourself your own peace of mind I think is the greatest gift we've all been through experiences where we want that closure and we don't necessarily always get it so uh to give it to yourself I think is one of the biggest gifts we can give right yeah I, I I mean, though I would love a little bit of closure. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, well, I didn't get quite enough. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it was nice to finally be able to write that. Is there a song on this EP that was more difficult than the rest for you to write? Mm, I don't know. Probably Midnight in London because that was kind of like, because I was writing it and I was like, well, 
guys, I'm not over it. So I don't want to say this. And they're like, yeah, but you have to be. And I'm like, okay, fine. God, I'll write this and I'll say it. And I know I have to let go, but I don't want to, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 That's not easy to do. Is your songwriting process super uh, frenetic? Is it peaceful? Is it random? Do you wake up at 4am? Like, oh, I have a thought. I mean, how do you put together a body of work? I mean, it definitely depends. It really, really depends. I mean, the other night, um, my dad and I just took a trip and we went to uh, like rock slash metal festival over the weekend and we had gotten back and both of us were so tired, but I was just laying up like in bed in this hotel, like just writing and writing. And my dad was like, can you go to bed? We have to get up in the morning and drive home. And I was like, no, I have so many thoughts. Like I can't go to bed. And I ended up getting to bed by like three and I have this really scrambled big gold like paragraph in my notes app at this point. But then other times I like to write on paper and I use a lot of Pinterest. I think it really depends on what it is that I'm writing about. And you're someone who likes to write about what you're going through. And completely. I feel like I feel like it's I can't write about something if it isn't how I'm feeling, because in my last EP, you know, I wrote about heartbreak and breakups, but it was more just a way because it was all entirely true to me. But saying that it was a breakup of a relationship was easier to convey in the music, but it was more of like a breakup of a friendship or maybe it was about a family member. Or maybe it was about this, but everything that I'm feeling I feel like I get annoying in songwriting sessions sometimes because someone will suggest something and I'll be like, I love that. And it's like such a good lyric, but I feel like I can't sing that because that didn't happen to me. And, and I don't want to be lying about this situation that nobody will ever know who this person is. Nobody will ever know what this situation is, but I feel like I, I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to lie about them or about, about this, even though it's not a lie, it's a lyric. It's like, I don't know. It just doesn't feel right to me. And I feel like I have to be, as truthful as possible but it is different sometimes i write songs through a character's perspective or for a film about the film or things like that but whenever i'm writing for my own personal stories i always get really specific and things that i reference or mention and it's just kind of things that only like i would know or only other people in that situation would know and it's just like i don't know it just makes it extra like special listening back to it <laughs> Well, I think that's the magic of your work is it's so visual. And, you know, you mentioned Midnight in London, and I love that. I loved that song for so many reasons, but I could really see every single frame of that song, like playing out like a movie. And I thought it's I thought the message was incredible as well, just about having to let go and the importance of having to let go. Is that something throughout your life that was a hard lesson for you to learn? I don't even think that I've learned that lesson still. Like I wrote that song, but I still like, I'm the type of person it's, I feel like I really touched on it in my song November. I'm just the person, I don't let go of things. I don't know, I have like, I'm looking at this little trinket shelf in front of me that is another example that it's just like, I see things and I create emotional attachments to them. And then it's just like, oh, well, now I can't watch this movie without thinking of a person. And it's like, what can I do? <laughs> You know, yeah. it's just like, I don't know, I just hold on to things for way too long. I'm not great at letting things go, but I, I'm definitely, I'm trying. <laughs> but you know what? I don't know if it's a bad thing to not be able to let certain things go. I'm I'm the same way. Like I, I attach such emotional meaning to so many things, like stupid things. I'll have something on a shelf for like 10 years 
And my husband will be like, do you really need that? And I'm like, yes, because in 1998, um, <laughs> one day I, I had lunch with somebody who gave it to me. Like, it's so crazy the things I attach meaning to. But I don't know if it's always a bad thing. I think that it's important to let go of things that are not healthy to you anymore. But to me, everything that I've experienced with a person or just in my life is important and it carries some sort of meaning or value. And I have like, even if I don't talk to a person anymore or even if they like really hurt me or I don't like them or or even if everything ended happily, but I can't let go of it. I still think that it's important to not have regrets about things that hurt you because it's just like it happened and you learned a lesson and it made me who I am like there's so many things in my life that I feel like I would regret if it if I wasn't a songwriter and I did not see how it changed the way I write or how it changed the way that I think or how it changed the way that I like interact with the world around me I just think that it's important to hold on to little things at least something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. When you brought up November earlier, there was a line in that song that I was just heartbroken hearing because I feel like, again, it's so relatable. And that line was, I'm so tired of being patient, always waiting for something that never lasts. Mm -hmm. 
Ooh, what what were you going through when you wrote that? I mean, that's just that's just me. I'm I'm very, very, very much a hopeless romantic, but like everything, anything, everything romantically is very important to me. Like I don't take it lightly, even as silly as going on a date or kissing someone. Like to me, it's still like a big deal. It's like, oh my God, that's like massive to me. I don't know. It's just like, I love love so, so much. And I so badly want to be in love, but I also never want to rush it. But I'm like, oh, but when am I going to fall in love? But I need to wait. But if something comes along, like I wouldn't be opposed to it. But also it might not be, you know, like I'm just always all over the place. I'm always like, Ugh, I can't wait to fall in love someday. But then it feels like, I don't know, it's like it never lasts and I'm just so sad. And then I feel like the line either before or after that is like, um, telling myself this too shall pass. And that's what my mom always says to me. That's like, that's my mom thing is that my mom's always like, this too shall pass. Like you'll mm -hmm. get through this and X, Y, Z. And so it's just like a little personal motto. <laughs> so you are totally a hopeless romantic. Completely. It's so bad that like completely. And it ties into me, like always holding on to little like silly things. I, I don't know. I love love. Ugh, I love love. <laughs> Listen, there are worse things to love. So I think yeah. <laughs> I, I'm a hopeless romantic too. I love it. I'm the guy that's like watching a cheesy rom-com crying his eyes out because it's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. I never thought of myself as somebody who like cried in movies or anything like that until I just recently started watching a bunch of rom-coms and I'm like, wow, I'm a baby. <laughs> yeah, I I'm the same way. Do you have a favorite rom-com? Mm, I just watched How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days classic i just watched that that was really that was really funny i thought that it was sweet have you watched the holiday the holiday cameron diaz kate winslet no 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 i haven't okay one of my all-time favorites for everyone listening pop in the holiday it will make you <laughs> cry and feel all the feels okay okay i'll put it on my watch list <laughs> yeah you must so you know yes there's a lot of heartbreak in your songs but i imagine that you have to stay optimistic to to be able to keep the hope alive, to be able to want that love one day, to still believe in it, right? So how do you stay optimistic when you do experience such heartbreak? I don't know. This too shall pass. I just like, I have a firm belief that all, all that is meant to be like will happen. I am putting it in God and the universe's hands, you know, I... I know that there's someone out there for me romantically keeping hope alive. I just know that someday, I don't know how I know, but I'm just like, someday I know that it'll happen. I don't know when it'll be, who it'll be. And I hate having to sit around and wait, but like, I don't know. There's some sort of plan out there in the universe for something. And I feel like I, I don't know, my fate is just like, in the universes and in God's hands. So there's nothing I can do about it. I just have to like wait and see what happens. And until then I can write all of my silly little sad songs. <laughs> yes. And having that belief is so important. I think that, listen, life is a crazy, messy, windy ride and we never know what's going to happen. And I think that as long as you go through it, knowing what you want, knowing what you don't want, what you're willing to not sacrifice on, right? Um, and waiting for the right thing is so important. And we have to go through our heartbreaks and our messes to get to the the crown jewel, as I like to say. Yeah, it makes you who you are. And I mean, 
without all of the heartbreak and all of the messy things in life, you know, like how are you ever going to learn what you want or who you are or, you know, what you don't like, like, or what you do like, or all of the things. I mean, everything, it's like I said earlier, everything is just like a learning experience and I don't know, everything's important. And, and it's you, just like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And you just nailed it. I was, I was in something in my young twenties that was so wrong for me for a million reasons, but thank God I went through that because now I know what it is that works for me and that I wanted and you know I'm happily married and all the things so yes you have to go through your journey and it's all it's all a part of it mm -hmm. I so uh, I, I felt so many different inspirations through your music through listening and I'm curious to hear from you who are your biggest musical inspirations right now Lana Del Rey I have like on my wall over here I have like a bunch of pictures of her <laughs> I love Lana Del Rey I don't know I think that she's so brilliant in the way that um she like is so old Hollywood and cool but it's like in a in a weird darker modern way which I think is so rad because I I I don't know like I said I want to stay cinematic and very like old Hollywood is my favorite type of vibe and so I don't know that's right now but um at the time of writing this EP, because it always jumps all over the place. It went from like La Tigra and Green Day and Nirvana to, uh, at the time it was honestly just so many heartbreak songs. <laughs> I have like a whole, whole long, long playlist. Here it is. Okay, I was listening to a lot of Mitski. I was listening to a lot of Mac DeMarco and Taylor Swift and Lord. Um, a lot of Olivia Rodrigo, of course. And surprising, I, I love the La La Land soundtrack. Oh, it's beautiful. I don't know. I think that that really like ties into wanting to feel cinematic in your music. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And it's funny you brought up Lana because she came to mind right away. And, um, and Taylor came to mind, too. Yes. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, for real. I just I and I'm such a fan of their work. I think you are part of that that tribe now and releasing such moving and beautiful. And you keep saying the word cinematic. And I know that's so important to you. And I truly feel like that's what you came out with. So it's it's really cool. Like I are we going to get some some uh, music videos possibly? I mean. Oh, oh, that, that's the tease. <laughs> I have I have a lot of them written and I may or may not be doing something this week, but who knows? <laughs> who knows? <laughs> Fantastic. Cause I mean we've got to see this come to life. It's it's made for a music video. So we will eagerly await that may or may not happening. We'll see what will happen. But uh you it's evident you love music, right? And you also love acting. I know there's over 70 credits to your name, but songwriting and and music is such a different thing i imagine for you so what is it about music that fulfills you in a different way than than acting acting to me is such it, it's really fulfilling like playing a deep character getting to film emotional scenes or doing something deep like that or just playing any character is really fulfilling like as an actress and i love acting so much but then music is fulfilling in like a deeper personal way i don't know music's music is my very public therapy <laughs> you know it's just like i sit and i write and i write and i write 
all of the time now and I, and I can't stop because it's just my way to get all of my emotions out and whether I put it out there or not, you know, like there's dozens of songs that I've written just because it like benefited my own mental health to just like write those things down and, and say them out loud in the form of song, I suppose. So, so it's just, it's fulfilling in a, in a different way. And it's nice to be able to share my own stories as much as I love telling everybody else's and getting to dive into different people. It's, I don't know, I've been acting, I'm 17 and then I've been acting for 12 years. So that's like a lot of my life. And so I've been pretending to be other people and, and learning how to like be younger versions of someone or how to play a different character or like spending all night trying to figure out how to play a real life person and now I'm like figuring out who I am <laughs> and so my songs I feel like the mood of the music is always all over the place but it's because I am too I don't know I'm finally just like growing into myself and figuring out like okay I have my own personality I'm my own person like who is that and so I've been really figuring it out and music has really been helping that Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. 
I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Is being a singer-songwriter easier or harder than playing a character? I'd say it's it's probably easier because I'm a really emotional person, and I probably get that because I have to be so open with my emotions and acting, but... I'm just a very deeply emotional person, and so it's very easy for me to just, like, spill my guts all the time whenever songwriting. Uh, But I'd say, like, whenever it comes to performing, doing a live performance is way scarier because you only have one shot. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Even scarier than a camera, like, in your face. Yeah, because at least with, like, the camera in my face, I have, like, 30 takes to do it. But, I mean... I don't know. There's just something about being on stage and whenever you're acting, you know, of course there's a crew around you and whatnot, but there's just something different about looking out at everybody and they're watching you like in that moment and they're watching what you're doing and you have like one chance to do it. And you're like, well, here goes nothing. And it's just so scary, but it's really fun. <laughs> well, that, that makes total sense. It's, it's amazing that you can do it all in all different avenues of, of creativity. Going back to the EP for a minute, Autumn. Why autumn? Why, why autumn? Oh, I love fall. Like, I'm feeling so fall right now. I have, like, my best cup of tea. I have my little, like, brown sweater on. I have, like, last night I had, like, two different fall candles going in two different corners of my room. I love fall. It's my favorite season. I don't even know what else to say. It's just <laughs> perfect. Like, whenever it starts getting just a little bit chilly and all the leaves turn, and then you can start wearing sweaters without feeling like ashamed of yourself because I just love sweaters so much and I'll wear them during the summer but then it's too hot and I'm dying but I'm like god but this is my favorite sweater and it looks so good and so like I don't know breaking out the tea Halloween scary movies all month and then it's just it's also such a nice time for anything romantic and I don't know there's always the worst heartbreak in fall too I find I'm with you and I don't want to make this about me but I did happen to wear my burgundy in your honor today I'm I'm, I'm in my fall theme for you so (laughs) I love it I'm in my fall theme for you (laughs) (laughs) we're fall twins I love that I'm a New York City boy I'm, I'm in New York right now I'm from from the east coast so we really get fall I love New York. I write about it all the time in my EP and album. I love New York. Yeah, it's it's a special city. Something else that came to mind when I was listening to this, you know, you're you're writing about people essentially or somebody. Do you ever worry about putting out your personal life and how that person is going to view what you're saying? Like, is there a line you won't cross? Are you cognizant to change certain things? Like, how how is that process when there is somebody else involved as a songwriter? It's terrifying because I get so specific and I'm saying things that, you know, like only I and this other person will know. It's scary because I'm like, oh my God, everybody's going to know who I wrote this about. Everybody's going to know this, but it's like, nobody's going to know. It's just like, it's nobody's going to know except for us. And so I, I was, I was frustrated in my last EP and I wrote a lot of things that weren't the nicest. And so I did have some phone calls. Uh, You know, I just feel like man, I still have a phone call to make in regards to this 
EP and I'm not looking forward to it, but I, I feel like it's important, even though I feel like I'm not saying anything wrong or bad, I'm just saying how I felt and putting my emotions out there. I feel like it's only fair just to be like, hey, by the way, I wrote a lot of music, but it's also because you broke my heart, but I wrote a lot of music and I'm putting it out there. And luckily, like from my last EP, you know, those phone calls actually came a lot of good. And now this person that I was so upset with for so long and who like I was like felt like really hurt me or wronged me, you know, now we're like tight and friends again. And it's just like amazing. And I'm like, great. Well, and now they make jokes all the time about remember whenever you wrote that song about me. And I'm like, yeah, if you like are mean again, then I'll write more. <laughs> but um, actually a really funny story is that while I was um, recording what you'll never say, like singing myself the apology that I never received, I got my first phone call from this person in over like eight months. Wow. <laughs> and I actually like have the take of me like and, like a cold dirty out of nowhere. And so I was I was singing this song and I have the take of me going, oh my god so and so is calling me and then like my producer who like has been there through everything through whenever i was writing this autumn leaves love song to now finishing this heartbreak ep uh you know and we freaked out and then i kind of got the apology like semi that semi that i never received and it was like crazy. And I was like, that's such an insane story to have now is that I'm singing myself the apology I never received. And then all of a sudden I kind of got it. <laughs> and so it was just like so strange. And it just like goes to show the universe works so weird. Like I, as soon as I finished this project, now it's like, I don't know, everything's kind of like nice again. And it's just like, I don't know, it's strange to see how everything works. <laughs> yeah. And, I got and my heartbreak out of my system. <laughs> Well, right. And mu music's healing. I mean, that's why I think it's such an important art form and that we all need to have. And I'm I'm such an avid music listener and I don't know what I would do without music. And I that's why it's one of the most important things in the world to you. What makes music so important? I just connect so deeply, like emotionally with music and it whether I'm writing it or listening to it helps me process my emotions and it can even whenever I'm acting, you know, it can really transport me to a place of very deep like emotions or sadness or anything. Like I listen to music constantly whenever I'm playing a character to get me into that headspace or that world, especially with emotional scenes. But I don't know, finding a song that's like, that is exactly how I feel. I'll listen to it until I can't anymore. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't know. I just think that there's something also so special about music and and getting to see it live is so cool. Like I said, over the weekend, I was with my dad at this rock festival, which is so different than anything in regards to this EP, but like just getting to see everybody like jump around together and like feel that emotion and that vibe and everybody's so excited and hyped together. Like, I don't know, it's so cool that just some people on stage with these silly little like stringed instruments can make people feel that and connect people in a way that they never would have connected before yeah it creates that sense of community which i think we we all need more than ever which is again one of the brilliant things about music when i look at you right now you seem so light you seem so 
excited. You seem like you did go through a lot of tough things that you wrote about, but you came out on the other side. So McKenna, I'm curious to know if you could fill in this blank, what you would say. I am at a point in my life where... I am at a point in my life where I'm, you know what, I'm at a point in my life where I'm starting to like, like myself, which is nice. It's a really nice feeling. I, for so long, like, I don't know, not to get all like sad or deep or weird or anything. No, please. For so long, I just like, I don't know. I didn't like myself for so long like i felt like there was something so like deeply wrong with me and now i'm like sitting here and i'm like whoa i think i was just like a really like sad teenager for a little bit and now i'm like i turned 17 and i've been really working on improving myself and my body and my mental health and then i just like cleaned up my room and and made it really like light and cleaner and less cluttered and I'm just trying to like I don't know breathe and and I'm just like I don't know I'm starting to get to like a positive place with myself which I think is really nice because I'm like oh hey I'm like I'm feeling myself lately and it's really nice I'm just like oh I don't know (laughs) it's nice good for you good for you that that self-work is something that I think we should never stop striving for. And I love that you're at a place at 17 where you're starting to realize the importance of that and taking time to allow yourself to grow in all those different ways that you just talked about. I think that's a really honest and cool answer. I usually wrap up my show by asking all of my guests what is one thing that they've never said before. But I feel like that maybe is something you really haven't talked about before. Is that right? I think so. I think a lot of right now, like this entire interview and just kind of with this EP in general, I'm talking about, you know, things I've never talked about publicly. Like, I don't know, as much as I write about it, I don't, I don't really talk about my breakups or break up <laughs> singular. I don't really talk about like, I don't know. I always feel so weird, like talking about my personal life or like my emotions or like, I don't know. But yeah, especially that, because I feel like it's just been such a thing for me for such a long time and you know I have like a few songs out there about feeling insecure in myself but I always I always felt so strange releasing something like that because I felt like I didn't have like a moral of the story or I wasn't on the other side of it and so I felt like it wasn't fair for me to put something out there that's like negative about myself but not know like how to resolve that or how to fix it I go through things in life, but that's not who I am, you know? And now I'm starting to finally realize that because it's easy to say like, I'm just a sad person and that's who I am. And I just don't like myself or I'm just this, but it's like, I'm always throughout my life going to go through moments where, where I probably hate myself or where I probably hate this or where I hate this or that, or where I'm deeply sad or depressed, but that's not going to last forever. That's not who I am. It's not something that will actively take over my life. Like it's just bumps and phases along the road and then the rest of life is going to be life and whatever happens happens and I'm going to have so many more adventures and I'm going to have ups and downs but it just like it comes and goes and I think that it's nice to like I'm in like a more positive area of that ride right now and I'm and I'm happy about it. 
Well, and that's what I loved about this conversation today and about your EP is you're normalizing feeling all the emotions. And (laughs) I think that's so important. You know, one of the most irritating questions to me that I get asked or someone else might get asked is, oh, you seem really sad today. It's so unlike you. Are you okay? It's like, "Mm, I'm allowed to be sad. I do have a sad side as well. Like, I'm not always going to be happy. And I think that you talking about this and showing people that it's okay to feel what you feel and then pull out of it and carry on and not let it define you is such an important message. And I hope you realize that through being your honest self and through writing your truth, you are helping a lot of people feel feel seen. I hope so. And I mean, I'm saying this right now as if I wasn't like crying in the shower last night to Phoebe Bridgers. Like <laughs> I was so sad yesterday, but now I'm just like, oh. I'm feeling good right now. So it's like, it's all over the place all the time. And I think that it's healthy and normal to feel that. But thank you. I try. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's a great message to put out there. Autumn Leaves is out now. How can people stream, download all the things? All of the things. I don't know. McKenna Grace on on like Spotify or Apple Music or Amazon Music or any of the things. I have music videos on YouTube that I write myself and I co-direct them. So all the things. All the things. Well, congratulations on this amazing EP. You heard it from McKenna. Grab your fuzziest, coziest blanket and a cup of tea and light some pumpkin candles and I don't know, throw leaves around your room and listen to this, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. The the leaf throwing bit is really important. Just bring a vacuum. (laughs) Crucial. Absolutely crucial. Thank you so much. Congratulations. I look forward to hearing more from you when when the next round of inspiration hits. Thank you. (laughs) It's it's already coming. There's too much. (laughs) Good. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And happy fall. Congratulations. Thank you. Happy fall. I've never said this before is hosted by me, Tommy D'Addario. This podcast is executive produced by Andrew Puglisi at iHeartRadio and by me, Tommy. I've never said this before is part of the Elvis Duran podcast network on iHeart Podcasts. For more, rate, review, and subscribe to our show. And if you like the episode, tell your friends. <laughs> Until next time, I'm Tommy D'Addario, and I hope this show encourages you to say something that you've never said before. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. 
Join me, Emily Tish Sussman, every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.